Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. He is with Further Still Ministries at furtherstillministries.org. And if you are just tuning into the show, either on purpose or by accident, thank you for listening. If you are returning, we really appreciate you listening and coming back. If you're just checking out for the very first time who we are, we are a show for men, by men. Talk about things from a men's perspective and uh, ladies listen and that's great. But we're talking our main audiences to guys. And uh, we want to be a tool in the toolbox of men. And men, we believe you will fulfill your destiny that God has for you on this earth if you are walking with in Christ Jesus. And we just want to, to be uh, a voice that maybe speaks into you a little bit of truth that we, in a world that has a lot of noise. Uh, we just want to be a voice of truth uh, that you can use, again, for a tool in your toolbox in your walk with God. And, and speaking of which, uh, the walk with God, isn't that an interesting metaphor? Uh, not a sprint with God. Uh, it's a walk with God, meaning it's a distance. You're going to go uh, a ways, and it, it doesn't uh, begin and end at one moment in a baptistry. Uh, it is the beginning of a process of walking with God. And, and one of the things that we, uh, as people, wrestle with is, what now? Right? I'm in Christ. I'm baptized. What now? What happens a year from now? Two, ten what does that mean to walk down the road with God? And more importantly, if God is doing a massive, mighty, God-sized work in my life, what is my role in that? Just to be an observant or to be a participant? Yeah, you know, Chad, I, I'm. you and I have had the privilege of walking together for the last 16 years? Oh, 2001 is when I came to Christ. And within two years of that, you and I, you were discipling me for a two-year process. So, yeah. Yeah, was, um, and so we, we're, we're just going to kind of talk about what does it mean to walk with God and how to do that in the context of others, and how do we grow uh, in our relationship with Christ. And so, uh, Dave Roadcup, man, it is great <laughs> to have you. It's great to be with you, Kurt. Uh, you know, you, you've been a professor for how long? About 37 years. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> You've been yes. a pastor. Uh, we're, we're joking around with you. I said, well, you're 55 years old, but um, you're just a little bit older than that. I'm actually really 71. 70, and, uh, you've been a, yeah. 71. You've been a pastor for how long? Yeah, I was tw 22 years in the local church ministry, and then uh, sometimes teaching and also doing weekend ministry, various things like that. But, uh, but the church is my life, truly. Well, you've been in ministry then for, for a total of... 50 years. Mm -hmm. Well, there we yeah. go. We're, we're, Chad, we're, we're calling in the experts, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's great to have you, Dave. And so we're, we're just going to pick your brain because you have been a pastor, been a professor for all these years, uh, and you brought some folks with you. We've got a whole room of preachers. Uh, Chad, are you scared? Ugh. Are you scared? No, scared's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I'm, I'm keeping an eye on these guys. I'm keeping yeah, them in line. That's, that's the word, yeah. We got Jimmy. Uh, we got John. We've got George. Jimmy, John, and George. That's a, that's a combination. You guys aren't related, are you? No. 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 No, no relation. Um, but all three of you guys are... George, you just graduated from seminary. That's correct. And uh, and the other two guys, Jimmy and John, you're in seminary, and you've had Dave as your professor. But you also, Dave, you've been hanging around these guys, and, and there's a couple other guys who couldn't make it today. They they connect with you in, in a context of like once a week? 
Yes, Kurt. Yeah, at the beginning of each uh, school year at the at the university where we were all connected, why I just uh, I began praying about three months ahead, and I asked the Lord for six men who are hungry, available, and open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And I approach them one at a time and uh, give them a commitment uh, covenant that we have, and we pray about it together, and they say yes or no. And we wind up with a good group, and we meet every week for the entire school year, about nine months, and have classes together, uh, have a formal meeting, study, fellowship, prayer meeting every week together for a couple of hours. And then we do things like this and um, get to get our wives together and have dinner. And uh, I took uh, almost everybody on a men's retreat um, I spoke at a men's retreat in Monticello, Kentucky recently, and we all went down and participated in that retreat together. And the travel and the meals and the work uh, really bonds you together and allows us to do what Jesus did with the Twelve uh, in, a, in a modified way. Yeah, so, so you get to teach them in class, but then you also get, a, you get to do uh, life with them in a, in a really cool way. Exactly right, yeah. yes. And, uh, and both of those are key factors in really seeing transformation of life and the people that you're working with. How long have you been doing that with uh, preachers? Yeah, I really started 1976 was my very first group. I was teaching at Ozark uh, Christian College in Joplin, Missouri, and friends of mine challenged me to uh, go ahead and start the concept of discipling in my ministry, and uh, almost every year since then I've had a group of half a dozen guys uh, in my life, and hopefully me and theirs, and and we've just continued on. Um, one of the great points of uh, any kind of uh, heritage that I would leave uh, upon going home, I think, is the lives of the uh, brothers and the sons uh, that the Lord has given me through this approach to ministry. That is really cool. So mm-hmm. over the last, what, 40, what, or, or you said you started in 70, what? 76 was wow. my first year. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, we tried to count count up at the request of uh, a brother a couple of years ago. I think almost uh, 280 men formally uh, have uh, we've shared together with over the years, and uh, great great joy in my life is doing this very thing. Wow, that is really cool. So, uh, so uh, we want to talk with you about spiritual formation. How do we grow mm-hmm. as Christians? How do we, you know, the Bible says that we're to become disciples of Jesus, that we are to be followers of Him. I, one of the questions I have for you is. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 that he who began a good work in you, he'll bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. How do we balance that with also our responsibility? Because that, that, that says that God will, will do this work in, and, in us. And yet 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How, how do you reconcile that? Yes, I really think it comes from the writings of the Apostle Paul, maybe more than anybody else, where um, it talks about in Ephesians that God reaches down to us through grace, and we reach up then to God in faith. That's exactly what it says. So God is reaching out to us, we're reaching out to Him, and there's got to be that connection through the blood and the high priesthood of Jesus Christ that brings us all together. And so it's, I think it's both. I think God is reaching out to us, and we're reaching up to Him, and uh, that's, I think that's the beginning of the process, uh, uh, taking His grace into our hearts and using that as we, we move closer to Him. Mm. So, so when, when we use—there's uh, the word spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Give a definition to our listeners, uh, kind of what you—as you, what, you know, as you teach and as you instruct and disciple folks, what—, what 
talk about that. Yeah, spiritual formation is uh, defined in the literature over and over again, but the idea is that someone comes to an understanding of who the historical Jesus Christ really was, you know, honestly, the Son of God, and through the practice of the ancient spiritual disciplines, you know, Christ is formed, conformed into our lives, which ultimately results in our transformation uh, into the image of Jesus Christ. And that's done uh, through all kinds of different means that uh, go all the way back to Abraham. Kurt, you can trace the classic spiritual disciplines from Abraham all the way up through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus practiced them himself. Uh, Paul teaches about them. The disciples practice them. And through the ages then, uh, uh, just taking these disciplines and beginning to weave them into our lives on a regular basis uh, is, uh, are the main conduits uh, for us really grasping the idea of growing in our personal relationship to Christ. When you say disciplines, spiritual disciplines, I, I'm not wild about the word disciplines. Uh, you know, I, I just don't—I think we ought to throw that out. What, what do yeah. you think? <laughs> it's interesting you say that. The, uh, my, my day job is being a faculty member for TCMI International out of Indianapolis, and uh, I am in uh, Vienna, Austria, three months out of the year teaching over there. A lot of my students are Russians, and um, the, and when we translate the notes for them, they don't they do not like that word either. Uh, it, it in Russian it has a whole different uh, uh, connotation. So we over there call them the spiritual practices, spiritual practices, and they seem to like that a whole lot more. <laughs> that, that, that's not that's a little more palatable, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, Dave, when when you you've been teaching. Uh, all these years for, you know, at the university level and uh, Bible college and seminary level, ha- have you always been teaching the spiritual practices, the spiritual disciplines? It was about 20 years ago, Kurt, that I just began taking a really severe interest in the whole idea of the disciplines, because uh, from my own walk with Christ, as we talked about a moment ago, I found that when I practiced the disciplines, it really awakened things in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit, and uh, fed me spiritually, gave me the energy that I needed, you know, to withstand temptation, uh, to really hear the voice of the Lord more clearly, and uh, I, I began to love the disciplines, even though if you really begin to practice the disciplines on a regular basis, it has a tendency to ta- to change your priorities and your schedule because they do take time, that is part of it. So I began to weave these into my life, and the amazing thing was how much growth I experienced personally and the level of depth that began to come into my life simply through the practice of the ancient disciplines. So, Dave, if a person is not engaged in the spiritual practices, what will happen to that person? We're going to unpack that in the next thing. So we're going to take a break and come back and talk more with David about spiritual disciplines, the spiritual practices. How, how does that work with, I thought we were saved by grace and not through works, by faith. So how do we do these spiritual transformations, these spiritual practices through the lens of grace? And we're going to talk more about that and what that looks like here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you had missed our first segment, shame on you. You should hear that, and you should go back to our website, <laughs> our webpage, Facebook, 
Uh, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear all of our past shows in their entirety commercial-free, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, such as LNN Credit Union. They are a local lender, and they do more than just hold your money. They help you with loans, or they help you get out of debt, or how can they help you in regards to your finances? They are uh, one of the best places to work, as according to 2018 in Louisville. So if they're great to work for, how are they great to work with? LNN Credit Union. Also, Vision First Eye Care. 15 locations around the Louisville and Kentuckiana area. And if you need your eyes checked, which I've got contacts in my eyes right now from Vision First because they are a great organization. They've been taking care of me for years, and they'll take care of you just as well. So we're talking about spiritual formation, this whole practice of how do we walk with God? And there's our role, Dave. There's our role as a follower of Jesus. Give us... um, Give us some practices. That what, what are you talking about when you say spiritual practices or the spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines? A good definition, Kurt, of spiritual disciplines or the practices. But basically, basically, it is a series of um, activities, habits, or behaviors that can be traced all the way back, actually, to Abraham in the Old Testament. And you can follow their, their trail all the way up through the book of Revelation. And these are the things that uh, men, of, men and women of God through the centuries seem to have discovered that really stimulate the spiritual life and the growth of a believer. Uh, that's probably the best definition. If I ever come to the place, too, in the definition where, where I say to myself, oh, no, you know, I need to do, the, do several disciplines every day so God will like me. Uh, you know, I get up in the morning and I check off the ones I'm planning to do that day. It, it, it can't be done that way. It has to be based on a love relationship with Jesus Christ that I love him, I want to be near him, I want to spend time with him, I want to be near my Heavenly Father, and I want to be in his presence, maybe even sitting on his lap, so to speak. And the disciplines are the practices that take us there and allow those things to happen. So um, when the Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's this relational connection. We don't do the practices, we don't do the disciplines to make us holy. Correct. Correct. Yes, um, it's it. They're designed so that we it puts us in a place where we can have a intimate walk with our Savior. Yeah, and your phrase there puts us in the place. That's exactly the point, Kurt. Uh, um, uh, Richard Foster talks about the fact that that there's very little power in the actual disciplines themselves. Uh, when we practice the spiritual practices or disciplines, he says that they take us into the Lord's presence specifically, where then he loves us and blesses us and nurtures us, gives us counsel and wisdom and, and guides our lives. And this is really based more than anything else on, on loving Jesus with all of your heart. Uh, that's where it has to begin. If I say, you know, I need to do the spiritual discipline so God will like me and accept me and so I'll be okay and go to heaven, uh, we, we've got it all turned around. You know, the issue is that uh, because I love the Lord I want to be in his presence. I want to be close to him. I want to receive his acceptance in my life. And the spiritual disciplines, uh, wonderfully, uh, are the things that take us there. uh, Dave, talk to us about some of the practices that you have been engaged with over the years that have helped you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Well, and when you're reading, Kurt, about this, it's very important to remember all kinds of things in our day and time are called spiritual disciplines. The thing that I do in class is I try to go back to Scripture itself 
and identify exactly what Scripture indicates would be a spiritual discipline. Um, and so beginning the beginning point, no doubt, uh, as our brother mentioned, is the idea of uh, feeding my spirit on the Word of God uh, on a regular basis. I would even say a daily basis. You know, Scripture calls itself uh, things that have to do with food, the milk of the Word, the meat of the Word, the bread of life. David says, Your Word is like honey to my taste. And uh, I, know, I know for a fact in my own heart, when I am practicing the disciplines on a regular basis, the spiritual disciplines do for my spiritual life what eating a good meal does for my physical body. Mm. It's exactly the same thing. And when we are not practicing the disciplines and we're basically drifting spiritually, then spiritual malnutrition is a, a definite condition that a lot of Christians experience. They may not even be aware of it, but they're actually starving to death spiritually and when I haven't eaten physically, I know my blood sugar level goes down. I have no energy. I'm lethargic. You know, I have no drive at that point. But when I'm well fed, I have energy to make it all the way through the whole day. And uh, so, hence the great importance of the Word of God. You know, in our lives, I know this. I know that I cannot connect with the Lord and be in constant fellowship with Him if the Word of God doesn't have a regular place in my life. Reading it, memorizing it meditating on it, taking it into my heart, and really letting it do its powerful work on my soul and spirit. When you talk about uh, meditate, meditate on Scripture, uh, describe that. How, how, do, how do you practice that? Yeah, David really references this a great deal in the book of Psalms, especially. And I know with some believers out there, they may be a little confused about the fact. They say, oh, no, meditation, isn't that Eastern mysticism stuff, and should I stay away from that? But the, the difference between Christian meditation and Eastern mystic credit, uh, meditation is that the purpose of Eastern mysticism meditation is to empty your mind, and the purpose of Christian meditation is to fill your mind you know, with Jesus and with his presence. And meditation is really—it it can be taking one word, the word grace, the word love, the word forgiveness. It can be a phrase. It can be a sentence, even a whole verse of Scripture, maybe even a paragraph. But I don't know if I'd go a whole lot farther than a paragraph because of the amount of information. And it's simply reading over those words and thinking about them, meditating on them, as, as we would say, uh, applying them to our lives. What word in this paragraph is the very best word that's used? What word do I need right now for a point of encouragement? And you really eat the Scripture, and you internalize it and let it become part of who you are on the inside. And this is the great power of Scripture to really change our lives to become as much like Jesus as we possibly can. You know, um, when you say meditation, I, I heard years ago, uh, it's literally um, like chewing the cud. Uh-huh. And it's, it's you know, you're taking, you're taking it in, and some people go, what, what is chew the cud? Well, it's regurgitate it back up, and you chew it again, you know? And that's what— uh, Only an Illinois farm boy would uh, take such beautiful <laughs> words that David articulated and make there it, and turn it into <laughs> chewing of the cud. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's very true. Uh, one of the Hebrew words in the Old Testament for meditation is literally an agricultural term that actually means exactly what you said, Kurt. See, you put me yeah. in my place. There you go. I'm just going to be almost— <laughs> Over here and be quiet. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it, and you know, I always related over growing up on a farm. You never, you never see a cow chew the cud when she's driven, when she's when she's in when she's being rushed, when she's being pushed, 
when she's, uh, you know, on the move. Uh, she's chewing the cud when she's content. She's relaxed when there's this uh, opportunity for her to chew the cud. That's yeah. good. Uh, Dave, t- talk with us about, um, so you mentioned the, the scriptures, that, that they have to be a part of our lives. Uh, reading them, studying them, memorizing, meditation. Mm-hmm. What are some other spiritual disciplines, practices that have really helped you in your walk with the Lord? Yes. Well, Kurt, the whole idea of prayer, obviously, and I know our listeners would probably know this was coming, <clears throat> but the power source for our life in Christ is really seeking Him daily in prayer. I ministered in Atlanta for a number of years, and we had 27 Delta pilots in our church there and learned a lot about the uh, their air, air uh, industry. And I found out that there are engines right now where e- any man in this room could stand in one of the engines, and there'd be like three feet of space, and uh, they put two of those on the largest plane made, and uh, and it takes the plane effort, effortlessly to Europe or wherever you're going. Uh, I believe that in the Christian life that, that the power source for us uh, to really live successfully in Jesus, to defeat temptation that comes to us on a daily basis many times, really is coming before the Lord. And, and I would suggest, I wouldn't pour concrete on this, but I would suggest early in the morning, you know, the very first thing that you do uh, after getting up and getting ready and maybe even getting up earlier than normal if you have to is just, just to sit with the Lord and be in his presence and just soak him up and empower yourself. And I think that's one of the major roles that, um, that prayer plays in our spiritual formation. So you're not, you're not just talking about wording, uh, having words of prayer, but you're also you're saying in the context of listening prayer, Mm-hmm. And, and just being in his presence. Uh, very much so, yeah. yeah. It's the idea that we do offer points of supplication, and we ask God for things which he invited us to do. But uh, one of the most powerful things that I do personally is at the end of my normal morning prayer time, I, I just sit in the Lord's presence, and I say to him, is there anything you need to speak into my spirit, to speak into my heart today, something that you want to communicate to me, something that uh, I need to know, uh, something you want me to do. And to be honest, there are mornings where very clearly a couple of things appear just in my heart, and I I really believe it's a message from the Lord. Uh, Sometimes there's nothing, and I just take that as the Lord saying, no, no, you're good, you're good, go (laughs) ahead, have a great day today, you and I, you know. So uh, so I, I, I do think that that's all part of the process, again, as we're talking about here. So spiritual formation, wor- the Word is critical, prayer is critical. We're going to ask you a few more uh, practices that you participate in regularly as uh, we'll follow Jesus, but we need to take a break. So we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and talk more about what the spiritual practices look like. Uh, and we're hearing some of the basics uh, of kind of the foundational part of it, but we're going to hear maybe a few more that you may not even think of. It may be something that you can practice in your life, uh, things that you may not do that are actually a, a practice, to, to, to not do some things that could actually be a practice. So we're going to talk a little bit more about those on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. It is flying by way too fast. We're here with David Rokup, and we are talking about the spiritual practices. And uh, if you need to practice in your life uh, of loving on someone in your life who needs 
some care. They may be somebody who's getting to an age they can't take care of themselves. Bright Star uh, Home Care. They help people who in all different seasons of life, they are a sponsor of our show. Please look into them. They are a great asset to the community and to your family. And then Frank uh, Enterprises, they help folks with uh, septic care. Uh, you need that to be taken care of. I can assure you that. And uh, landscaping and drainage and all those things. How do you, you know, it's, it's dude. Like, I, I've, it's got, I've got evil, Frank right? Enterprises coming to my house tomorrow. There you go. So uh, they take care of all <laughs> of those things. Yeah. So thank you for those sponsors. And, and uh, we're talking today with David about what the spiritual practices look like in the life of a believer. Okay. So Dave, um, we talked about the Bible and how we need to use the scriptures, meditate, reflect, uh, memorize, read. Uh, talk just just real briefly about memorizing Scripture and the power behind that. Yes, it, it's so true, Kurt. Uh, in the Old Testament, it just talks about the fact that um, you know God is so present in His Word, and when we take the Word and we memorize it, it uh, it just has a way of infiltrating into our minds, which then hopefully uh, percolates down into our hearts and into our spirits. And uh, interestingly enough, when Jesus was in the period of temptation in the wilderness, all three times when he was tempted, he didn't have to say to Satan, oh, wait a minute, let me pull out a scroll and find this verse. Uh, (laughs) Jesus memorized, he knew the word, and he just quoted scripture to Satan every time he was tempted, which is a great lesson to us, you know, for sure. So just being able to have scripture uh, at our uh, at our mental fingertips at all times, referring back to it in times of temptation, in times of worship, in times of joy, uh, it is the spiritual food uh, food source that we live on uh, as believers in Christ. You know, I can attest. Um, I, I was challenged back when I was in high school to begin to memorize scripture, and I didn't understand the power behind it. And it has, mm-hmm. it has been such an incredible blessing uh, over the years. And you think, well, you know, what, what, what do you have to memorize a verse a day? Um, not, no, but uh, give maybe a, a, a quick pointer to our listeners about how to memorize Scripture. Yeah, I have, uh, uh, there are a lot of programs out there that will share ideas, all of them good, really. Uh, one of the best ones was a friend of mine memorized the Sermon on the Mount, and he would get up in the morning and write out by hand one verse of the Sermon on the Mount on a 3 by 5 card, carry that with him all day long. And at stop signs and at the doctor's office and so forth, he would uh, stop lights. He would uh, memorize this verse, and then he would go back over the verses day after day. And it took him, you know, like four months to memorize the entire Sermon on the Mount uh, you know, Jesus' manifesto for what a kingdom man really looks like and how a kingdom man lives. And whether it's that or taking elongated periods where you memorize five verses at a time on a Sunday afternoon or uh, f- sitting in a bass boat somewhere fishing, you know, whatever it is, mm. you know, the fact that we just find a way that really fits us uh, to go ahead and commit as much Scripture as we possibly can to memory. Yeah, I've done that in the deer stand, uh, yeah, you know, when, when, when activity is a little low. I remember listening to a lady, one of the most godly ladies I've ever met, and she had memorized about 400 verses. And uh, her husband was killed on the mission field. Uh, he was martyred. And she was pregnant with their fifth child. And she said, the only mm. way I got through that was I, mm. I, the Word of God. It, it continued Because I was had memorized all these verses, the Lord really nurtured my soul and got me through that very, very difficult time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave, talk with us about some of the other spiritual practices. 
Yeah, there are many others, actually, Kurt, that are very critical for us. When we look at the whole list, I would probably identify 18 different disciplines as the keys to uh, to understanding the spiritual disciplines. Uh, they're much like the tools in a toolbox on the back of a, a back of a truck. You know, my father was a contractor, had this great big uh, toolbox in his bed, and he used some of the tools every day. Some of them he only used once a week, and some of the tools he would only maybe use once a month. And this is a great description of the spiritual disciplines. There are some we use every day, being in the Word, being in prayer, obedience, very, very key uh, daily thing. Fasting, you wouldn't uh, do that every day, and so you would use that once a week or once a month. Uh, the idea of an extended time of solitude, which is one of the real keys in my own personal walk. Uh, I can't do a whole day of solitude once a week, but I can once a month. You know, So you kind of figure out which ones to begin weaving into your life when, and, uh, and then that's certainly where the power comes from. Talk with, uh, talk with us about silence and solitude and the, mm-hmm. the power behind that. Yeah, just such a great example from Jesus our Lord, where I've been able to identify, there may be more, but at this point, six different places in Scripture that identify the fact that Jesus would send the disciples away, you know, send the crowds away, and then he would go up on a mountain by himself, and it says he just went up there to pray. He just went up there to connect with his heavenly Father. And the idea of getting away from the hustle, bustle, hectic, pressure cooker activity lifestyle that so many of us live as, especially as Americans, you know, the fact that we can separate ourselves from the hustle, bustle, go to a, a quiet place, a private place, and uh, and really just uh, uh, push away all of those activities. In my class, Kurt, I talk about the fact when you go away to a state park or someplace by yourself for a day, and you're really going to just spend that time with the Lord. When you get there, take all of your worries, frustrations, stresses, and put them in a big backpack and seal it up and leave that in your car, (laughs) and then you go away and have this time with the Lord. I promise you, when you come back, they'll all be there, and you can pick them up again, you know. (laughs) But during the time that you're away with the Lord, try to lay those things aside and just do this. Just focus on Jesus Focus on his, uh, his love for you. Spend time with the Heavenly Father. You know, it's prayer, it's Scripture reading, it's meditating on Scripture, it's journaling during that time, and uh, great times of power. I, I do that once a month at a Catholic um, uh, monastery in Cincinnati. I take one day a month and go away by myself just to have this time with the Lord. And the power that that generates in my life, and the clarity that is brought to my life in terms of God's guidance is so powerful through that particular discipline. Well, you know, what's I've equated that over to uh, taking uh, some lake water and in a jar and shaking it up, and that's kind of like our lives. Our lives are 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 just shaken up. We're so busy, mm. so active. But when you set that lake water and that jar down, and you let it sit there for a few hours, it's amazing how clear it can become. And that's like our lives. Mm-hmm. It's like our lives. One of the practices that you mentioned was journaling. And one of the preachers in here, Jimmy, talk to us just real quickly about journaling. Yeah, um, I, I'll be honest, and, and I know John over here to my left as we were talking about this today, he, he had mentioned that, you know, journaling, you know, that's, that's something that women do, you know, that's something <laughs> the girls. And I'll be honest, uh, when I was taking my a spiritual formation class with David and he brought that up in my mind, I immediately thought about my sister and the journals that she had growing up. And like, is this a manly thing to do? Is this something that guys need to do? And um, absolutely. Yes. We 
as men need to be journaling because what happens is we don't communicate well. We just don't. Men don't. We bottle things up most of the time and then it gets to a point and explodes. Um, and I started practicing some of this journaling and and sometimes I'm really good and very regular at it. Um, sometimes I'm really not, but I do try to do it in the morning. Uh, and, and it's this process of just really connecting with God, uh, writing down what he's He's t- teaching me, and mm-hmm. I'll be honest, the past six months, six to eight months, have been a very uh, stressful time in my life, um, addition to a, I got a third child, along with uh, being in seminary and being a, uh, preaching full-time, along with some other transitional things, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest, if it wasn't for journaling, I don't know how I would have kept my mind around it, because there's something very therapeutic about putting your thoughts out on paper mm-hmm. and pen, just writing it out. Uh, what I like to do is I'll take uh, just a chapter of the Bible and I'll just read it once, maybe twice, maybe three times. And I just start by asking, because a lot of times we don't know what to, how to start. Where do you start in journaling? Because, guys, we just don't do that. And so uh, I just say, you know, what are you trying to teach me in this, this scripture today? Because it is a living word. And so I'll just start, start writing down, okay, I think he's saying this to me. I, I think you're telling me this. And then from there, I just develop into this conversation with God. It's kind of like a prayer, but it's also a time for me to vent, to be angry. Um, I think David used that in the Psalms uh, when, when he was talking about how he was, you know, being forsaken or forgotten by God, you know, where well, are and, you? And, and what you're doing is you're really, you're, you're, in one sense, you're combining several of the practices. Absolutely. Uh, in, in one fell swoop, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. He, you're including the scriptures. Yeah. You're including prayer. And, and the biggest thing is, too, is you need to find the right, right avenue for you to connect with God. A, a book that really helped out was um, uh, Gary Thomas's uh, Sacred Pathways. I don't know if you've read that before, but if you can figure out how you connect with God, me, I'm more of a naturalist, so being outside really helps me to do those things. If I'm in my office with all the other distractions going on and I'm trying to journal, it's not going to happen. Yes. It just won't. And so finding that pattern. So you got it's something that takes a little bit to get going, but you do need to you know, develop that. Yeah, that's good. But, you know, we kind of forget that God to, like told John, write these things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, there's been times I, I've sensed the Lord say, write these things down. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be mm-hmm. some great author, yeah. yeah. but we have to jot, jot them down. The, there's incredible benefit and blessing <clears throat> by journaling. And what, and when we go ahead, David. When, when we were talking about uh, joking about the fact that journaling is mainly for women, I think I always point out to men: uh, if you read the Book of Psalms, I mean that is David's journal. I mean you can trace a huge amount of his life just through what he wrote in the Book of Psalms. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and come back in our fourth and final segment, talk a little bit more uh, about what these spiritual practices look like, and also uh, hear from the the guys in the room who have been partaking of these spiritual practices and what that has done in their life. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. Unfortunately, I say that because this is like trying to take a drink out of a fire hydrant. Like, you know, there's just so much information that we could be getting today. And uh, we're talking to Dave Rokup, who is a professor and a pastor and a mentor, and uh, he is discipling these some men in this room and many other men before him about what the spiritual practices look like in that of a Christian and what it does in our life. And uh, we also want to thank our sponsor, 
Uh, Dan Hart Financial, they are an organization that if you want to take your retirement and, and be God-honoring with it, uh, Dan Hart Financial takes a look at your finances and says, how can we invest this for the future? So, Dave, in the break, you talked about the, the real goal for all of this is what? Yes, it's really the personal spiritual transformation, Kurt, of the believer. <clears throat> Whether we're talking about the spiritual practices or disciplines, or we're talking even about discipling, mentoring, as we do with men in the church, uh, the ultimate goal of that is to really to have a believer transformed by the renewing of their mind you know, into a real Christ follower. And uh, one of the main problems we're facing in the church right now as leaders is that we're tempted to have people come in and we fill the building and our offerings are good and we feel like we're doing good ministry. And that, that is good ministry for sure. The acid test, though, I think, is for me as a minister of a church or a leader, a layman, an elder, is to say to myself, are the spiritual lives of the people in my church really changing? I mean, really where we see the evidence of that at work and at home and in their social lives, so that we are truly becoming as much like Jesus Christ as possible. And the heart of that is really obedience. That's the heart of spiritual transformation, yeah, obedience. Well, I mean, I go to church on Sunday. I mean, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, not and, for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry to say, Kurt, that sometimes as leaders we're satisfied if, if the building is full and the bills are paid, you know, we say, no, no, we're doing pretty well. Well, th- that is, that's good work, really. But I think the acid test of my ministry is this, not many people, not how many people I have, and again, it's important, but are the lives of the people that I have really becoming like Jesus on a day-to-day basis? The bottom line is this, when I go to work, when I am with my family, when I'm playing softball, uh, you know, when I'm out, can Jesus depend on me? to really represent him well, to really be him in the flesh. I mean, can Jesus depend on me? He gives me an assignment. He knows it's going to be accomplished because he knows he can depend on me because of my love for him and my desire to really want to be obedient to him and to serve him. And that's that's the element that mm. I think the spiritual disciplines and discipling really bring into the lives of our people. That's good. Uh, John, one of the <clears throat> preachers that you brought with you this morning uh, John, you talk, um, uh, one of the practices, one of the disciplines is is obedience itself. Well, sure. I think we, uh, <clears throat> I think we underestimate the power of obedience too much. I, I really do. We, we get it wrong. We think proper obedience is a desire, has to be coupled with a desire to do whatever it is we're doing. That's, that's just not the case. Proper obedience is, is a love for Jesus Christ. And because of that, it shapes actually what we do and what we think and the way we think it. Obedience, I, I look at it this way. I think obedience really separates the men from the boys. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. It's doing the thing I need to do because I love Christ. It's doing the thing I should do because I love Christ, not necessarily because I love the act or because I love what it is I'm doing. And that obedience leads us into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to be this incredibly close relationship that leads us into obedience. It can be obedience that leads us into a close relationship with Christ, Mm. especially when we see what he does and the way this obedience works in our lives. I think it's I think that's that's the special thing. And I also think that that's the sign of spiritual maturity, not not the only sign. I don't think it's the only sign of spiritual maturity, but I do think 
that that is a great touchstone, and that is obedience. That, uh, you know, Dr. Rodkoff talk, talks a lot about teleos, teleos, being mature, being complete, being made whole, that type of uh, idea. And I think we see that in obedience. Uh, it's uh, Ortiz, Juan Carlos Ortiz, it's, gives us this, this problem in the church, the perpetual childhood or eternal childhood of the believer. Um, and we want to be men, not boys. You know, and I think it's obedience that uh, that does it. I think that propels us into that. You know, I, I think what Dan Spader said uh, over the years, he says, I think of the love language, you know, we're, we're familiar with the love languages. God's mm-hmm. love language is obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, George, one of the other preachers that you brought, Dave, um, he he mentioned, uh, George, you mentioned simplicity, the, the practice of simplicity. Talk about that just a minute. Yeah, personally, that's that, that's a very tough one. Um, simplicity. I retired from the army and bought a hobby farm, and guess what? Within a year and a half, I have five tractors. I have more things than I need. I have too many cars. You had five tractors. Five tractors within a year. <laughs> Why and do you a half. need five? Exactly. <laughs> but if you think about it, if you think about what we've all talked about, it if you're doing the prayer and the meditation, and you get that quiet time in the morning for solitude, it reorients your priorities, and then you'll find that the quiet time now is extending into the day with prayer. And then things like simplicity and journaling, they fall out because you have been transformed. And it's, and it's to get that closer relationship with your now friend and true Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So simplicity helps us even with the other practices. It does. Yes, sir. It, it really it, does. We're able to uh, have time... Instead of taking care of five tractors, maybe you only take care of one. I can only drive one at a time, can I? <laughs> Truly. Dumb. Hey, Dave, uh, talk with us uh, 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 just a, a couple more to, for our listeners to, to put together some of the other practices, the disciplines that are, that are really helpful for us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Yeah, Kurt, there are really several that you can really trace in Scripture for sure. Uh, we just bounced off the idea of fasting a little bit, but fasting really does separate the men from the boys when it comes to um, our spiritual lives, and it's one of the hardest disciplines for many of us to practice. But I will tell you that there is incredible power in the Christian life when you merge serious prayer, you know, uh, 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 seeking the Lord through prayer, and you fa- you couple that with fasting, and you come before the Lord in prayer and in fasting, it just seems to really ramp up, amp up, you know, the whole process. I know that may be questioned in some— But I'm hungry! You know. yeah, yes, I, I know. That's true. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that Satan does in fasting is uh, you should really set an a ending time, a, a definite time frame when you're fasting— and he will always come to you a couple of hours before and say, hey, you've done really well. You know, you can uh, break the fast early, uh, and we're always tempted to do that. But just, just focusing on completing that, you know, again, the idea of journaling, uh, the idea of uh, fellowship, Kurt, uh, let me just say that men, men have to have brothers. Men have to have a band of brothers in their lives. Uh, I've been working really in a focused way for the last 30 years, for sure, with men and men's ministry. And I, I love I love the guys in our churches. One of the things I found out, though, that is so shocking to me is that there's so many Christian men in so many of our churches who don't have one really close, strong relationship with a man who would take a bullet for them. They don't. They have a lot of acquaintances. They, they have a lot of friends. Hey, hey, how are you today? Uh, how, how was your job? Uh, you know, 
and we talk about all kinds of things from the car into the church building on Sunday morning. But to have a group of men around my life who would lay down their lives for me, that, Kurt, a huge number of brothers you know, do not have that level of relationship in their lives, which for me has been one of the major keys of my spiritual growth fellowship being connected at a really deep uh, deep level what it's it's amazing that's what a tragedy what what sadness when a guy doesn't have a, another man or two to have rich deep connections yes. with other guys yeah, yeah. george and, you're going to say something yeah and in combat you're going to get that you're going to get guys that are living with each other for 15 months downtown baghdad and they're going to get that and be able to you would sacrifice yourself well, why wouldn't we do that here now in a different kind of combat, the spiritual warfare? And it faces us every day. And i got to tell you, it, it's just as lethal and it's eternal. Wow. Right. That's, well, that's a good well word. said. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Wow, our time is up. I can't. This mm-hmm. hour has flown by. But, David, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks for bringing your preacher buddies. And um, <laughs> really appreciate you guys coming. Dave, would you pray for us, guys, that we would engage in the practices so that we can be transformed? Mm-hmm. Sure, love, love to, Kurt. Yes, yes, good, good deal. Holy Father, we want to thank you for this time here of being together, and especially uh, for all of the work and planning that's gone into this program and many others that uh, Kurt and his team put on. Father, we want to just pray today that you would give us the wisdom and the discernment so far beyond ourselves to really come to know you as deeply as we possibly can. Father, I want to pray for all of the men who are listening to this program right now. I pray specifically that not one of them would just be average church-going men, but that they would be men who would be on fire for Jesus Christ, men who hunger for the Word of God, who want to draw themselves closer to Him in every single way. I pray, Father, for the, the spiritual direction and the encouragement that only comes from you to every man who's listening to this. I pray for every wife represented, for every child, every grandchild, every home. I just pray, Father, that your love, your grace, and your strength would be with every man. Father, we pray for your strength and for your guidance and for your help and for your undergirding as we go go out every day into the workaday world and we represent Jesus with all of our hearts. I pray that you would give the men listening to this broadcast today a spirit of strength, a spirit of confidence, a spirit of love, and a spirit of obedience as they serve you with all of their hearts, Father. Give them your blessing and your presence today. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, reminds me of this quote, you're sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree years ago. And um, I think about Dave has probably planted a lot of trees in the lives of men that it will become trees later because he planted that tree years ago. And, and really spiritual formation is that too. We are planting uh, trees in our life that they will grow later on and that spiritual transformation takes place. So we, uh, we thank you for listening and we pray that you as a man are, are taking this to heart and maybe there was some conviction. Maybe there was a little bit of saying, gosh, my life has been very Sunday orientated, uh, that I, I'm just a Sunday kind of guy. But uh, God wants your heart 24-7 and not because, like Dave said in the very beginning of the first segment, if you missed it, we don't do these things because God will like us. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's not wagging a finger at you if you don't do your quiet time. But gosh, aren't you missing out 
sitting in the presence of God. Greater is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. And that's what these spiritual disciplines are for. So we want to thank Dave and his, his crew, the Supremes. They're getting awful rowdy over there. So we need in the show. So, uh, hey, thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Pass this along to anyone else who may listen. Yeah.